Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey guys, we're here with the Hollywood Life Podcast. And we have so much to talk about today. We've got a really exciting guest. And he has not just one show, but two shows coming up that you must watch. We are here talking to Nick Dodani. And Nick, you are going to be one of the stars of the new very, very exciting Murphy Brown reboot that starts September 27th. And you are also coming back for a second season of Atypical on Netflix, September 7th. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming and joining uh, me and Allie, our on-air anchor and writer and our producer, our silent producer, producer. Nick. Nick. Also Nick. Also, yes, also Nick. Silent but present. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, very happy to have two Nicks here in the room. So listen, I was a big watcher of Murphy Brown, the first Murphy Brown, and um, this just couldn't be better for me to look forward to see you in the new Murphy Brown reboot. And so you got to Tell us a bit about it. What can we expect? Yeah, so we're we're catching up with Murphy and Frank and Corky and Miles 20 years after we last saw Amazing. them. Amazing. Uh, they have all kind of gone their separate ways, um, but uh, the 2016 election has prompted them to get back in the game, and they have a new show, a morning show called Murphy in the Morning. Um, Perfect. With, with Frank and Corky on air with Murphy, and... Uh, you know, they're tackling the news of the day and they're going to be doing what they did for 10 years in the 80s and 90s, but uh, tackling the new climate with the current president and social media and fake news and all that good stuff. Well, and you there there's there is some newness about this because aside from being back, they've relocated. Right. Aren't they now in Washington, D.C.? So they are in the heart of things. Right. Yeah. I believe the original was still, was also. In oh, DC. was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. I, I'm like <laughs> 20 years, you know. It's fair. It's a new network, though. We're no longer at FYI. We're at CNC. <laughs> <laughs> so does CNC stand for? Cable News Channel. Oh, okay. Cable news channel, yes. very broad. Not yes. And your morning news now. Morning, yeah, our morning show. So you've got to get up really early. Very early. How it's early are you joke. up now? Uh, I think we're up at 4 a.m. I think we have to be in the office. Oh. Not really the characters, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's really exciting. And so who's your character? Because, you know, obviously this is a reboot, but... You're on it now. Yeah, yeah, because you're barely 20 years old, so it wasn't like you were around. <laughs> Thank you. That's sweet. Um, I So I play Pat Patel, who is the director of social media and technology. Of course. For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta have a youngster. <laughs> exactly. I'm the young person reporting for duty. Um, and so I, my job is to kind of bring Murphy and Corky and Frank and Miles and all of them into the 21st century, <laughs> you know, talk about uh, social media and technology and how that kind of affects the media landscape and how that's changed the news um, and, you know, which is something that they didn't deal with on the original because it wasn't a thing. Um, 
you know, the show ended in 98 and we were still years Barely away from the Facebook. Barely the internet. Yeah, yeah. We're years away from Facebook and Twitter. And um, so my job is to kind of be that voice. And how do they react to that? Like, how are they doing? How dinosaurs, do dinosauruses are they? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are um, older. <laughs> You're being so, nice. So, you know, I, there's definitely some uh, generational tensions there, which I think is some of my favorite stuff because it's just so funny. And a lot of that plays off, uh, plays out off set as well <laughs> in real life. Um, and uh, so, you know, I think I think Murphy has a has a tough time kind of adapting to like the Twitter of it all. Uh, but, uh, you know, has to learn to embrace it because that's where we're at now. And is your character um, like sort of nerdish or is your character very talkative? Like, how would you describe your personality? Yeah, Pat is like, you know, your quintessential overconfident millennial. Who, <laughs> uh, Are you is, very entitled? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say entitled, but, you know, definitely um, has certain expectations. Um, he's not intimidated by Murphy at all, has strong opinions. And, you know, I think he's kind of he's from the woke generation. So the good and bad of that, <laughs> you know, I think he can get a little obnoxious sometimes as as I can, as a lot of my friends are always. Um, Is that in real life or in um, just in your character? Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would say both. Um, but, yeah, you know, he's he, he's definitely a little nerdy, but he's on he's like the cool kid. He's he's like the cool young kid who dresses uh, really fashionably and is all you know up to date on the latest and uh you know always low-key judging the older folks uh but also but also learning a lot which i think is which is really cool i think the generational stuff you know it's not just murphy and them learning from pat it's pat also learning from these veterans of the news media and kind of what that means and how they tackle things and so how is murphy feeling about like uh, about president trump because you're you're going to be dealing with real life oh, yeah. uh, politics and issues she's fed up you know i think uh, that's why she's getting back in the game she doesn't want to you know miss any of the action and i think as a investigative journalist um you know, an old school investigative journalist, you know, her, I think she's just kind of concerned about the state of media and the state of truth and all of that. And so she wants to get back in the game and get her voice in the ring. I think it's funny because we've seen that with a lot of journalists kind of get back in the game a little bit when it com came to this presidency. And a lot of them start speaking out on matters that they might not have spoken out about before. But when they felt like democracy and the state of the media was in jeopardy, they had to, you know, kind of kick it back into gear. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the same same thing happening here. And so and so Murphy, she's going to be doing her own investigative work. Like I've seen a couple of the promos and she yeah, she's like really getting ready to she's dissing. <laughs> she's dissing Trump already and of course she has already had, you know, a real life president take a swing at her mm -hmm. for um, you know, promoting uh what is it like bad immorality right, by, by being, being a single mother by having george, the audacity to have a child yeah. that's right george um, w went after her right dan quayle so vice president oh dan the yeah. vice president. okay yeah, so we're talking george hw bush mm -hmm. his vice president for all you millennials who are listening dan quayle was a very well-known vice president uh before mike pence <laughs> and we're going after him too 
Well, yeah, that's what oh, it that's seemed gonna like. Be I mean, that's what it looked like in the promo that it was like now not just one vice president, oh, yeah. but two. Well, now it's a tradition. You know, I think we have to. <laughs> do you um think? Do you have like a anything prepared if the president or vice president do end up probably tweeting about the we show? We are going to cross that bridge if we need to. <laughs> um, who knows? We're um, just going to do the best we can in making the show. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he's going to have things to say about it. I mean, look at how he went after Roseanne. Of course, he loved Roseanne but because, right. yes, because she was a Trump supporter. But it's not like he holds back on anything that has to do with culture and entertainment and actors and actresses. Do you know, has Candace actually um, met him, like come across him having been, I mean, she's based here in New York. She's big on the New York social scene. Candace went on a date with Trump back in the day. She did? Oh, what did she say about that? (sighs) She said it was okay. Uh, Apparently he (laughs) dressed in all maroon, including his shoes and socks and his limo that showed up was matching his suit. Ew, um, that's gross. That's yeah. priceless. <laughs> yeah. Well, because in the promo for the show, she walks into the office and when she's going off about the secretaries, right? She had 93 secretaries in her day. When she's going off about them, she's like, they're not allowed to smoke. They're not allowed to this. They're not, and they can't like Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But that was from the original show that wasn't even in the reboot. So we know that she doesn't like Donald Trump. Well, that's interesting. No, but she had a real life one date. It didn't one cr- date. Okay, no, so did, did he? Did he ask her out again? And she said no. I don't actually know. I think that's a question for Candace. Yeah, no, I think you it's have to question. get the details. <laughs> you need to know. I'll ask. I should ask. Yeah. So, but she said it was okay. It wasn't like it was terrible. I think you'll have to ask Candace. But also, this is her. very confusing because he was like always married. He had Ivana. And I don't think that went, really stops Donald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bonnie. Come on. We know who we're talking about. I know, about. but Candace. I don't think Candace would date a married man. No, I, no. this was probably when he was single. This was, Maybe a, while. It was, this was a while ago. This was Yeah, I'm just trying to think of when it was in between. Must have been after Marla Maples. Be, like, I'm just <sighs> who knows? scrolling back over his history. Okay. Well, have you finished shooting the whole of the first season? No, we've just done three episodes so oh. far. Um, and yeah, we're shooting through the end of November here in New York. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, that means that you're going to be able to incorporate real life issues that yeah. are going on. Yeah. And as we get closer to the end of the season, um, the episodes will be taped uh, closer and closer to the air date. Mm-hmm. And so our last episode will be taped just six days before it airs. Oh, wow. So we'll be able to be very current. You'll be able to cover the midterms or you'll be covering the midterms. Yeah, we'll be covering. Well, so our mid, we have a really big midterms episode, which okay. is coming up just four days before the midterms, uh-huh. four or five days. Um, and so we're not going to be covering the results, but we will be having our own fictionalized take on on the midterm elections. Now, you're also a writer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any input in the scripts and things that your character was saying and kind of your comedic? So Diane English, who's the creator and showrunner from the original, and she's back for this one, uh, she's super collaborative with the actors and developing the characters. And so, you know, I've definitely had a lot of conversations with her. But in terms of the writing, that's that's the writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's a incredible writing room writers room uh it's about half of the original writers half new writers and uh you know older younger and um they're they're killing it and what about now who are the conservative voices doesn't candace have a son who's grown up and he's 
he's going to be a conservative, which yeah. must like create well, so, lots of attention. So, so Avery Brown, he's all grown up. He he's uh, he's a journalist, just like his mom, uh, and he's working at the Wolf Network, which is our version <laughs> of Fox News. Uh, Clever. Yes, yes. Um, uh, but he's the lone liberal voice on the oh, on the Wolf okay, Network. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he and Murphy can still be on speaking terms. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Murphy Brown's son. He's not going to be a conservative. I don't know. Uh, you can always have like sort a of a rebellious that son. Exactly. Yeah. No, he, he, you know, he's, he's a liberal. But the thing about Avery is that, you know, he spent a lot of time covering the 2016 election on the road and met a lot of Trump supporters. And his goal with his new show and Jake McDormand, who plays him, talks a lot about this, is kind of finding the middle and kind of bringing folks together. Um, and so that's kind of where we're getting that voice from is is uh, Jake's character Avery. And is there a uh, is there another voice like a conservative voice on the show? Like how's Corky? Where's she at? Uh, Corky is, I think, also someone who speaks to the middle. You know, being from Louisiana and uh, has a lot of conservative family. But by you know, by and large, everyone on the show kind of leans one way. Okay. Uh, and then we have you know, obviously, we have characters that come in that represent. Um, right. Conservative voices and Republicans and all that good stuff. So obviously a big theme will be fake news and attacks on the media. What are some other themes that will be kind of thrown in that? So you know, there is uh, the stuff that I'm allowed to share. Yes. Uh, we're going to be talking <laughs> about immigration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about LGBT stuff. Um, we'll be talking about uh, the Me Too movement. Um and, you know, the overarching theme is the press and the freedom of the press and mm-hmm. the First Amendment and the truth and what does it mean to be truthful in journalism today. And that kind of is the through line for the whole season. Well, I think that's great. And I think it's really interesting. And, you know, I don't know, you've been doing press today probably, but, I mean, Donald Trump, he attacked Google today. I missed Google, that. Google, <laughs> Facebook. What did he say? He said that um, Google is unfair to conservative voices because it's only surfacing left, um, left-leaning mainstream media. Like, you know, in other words, real media that tell the truth and that he's that they're not bringing up all the kind of crazy the conspiracy theorists, conspiracy yeah. theorists like the Infowars stuff. Well, it's crazy, too, because, you know, as a media organization here, we know firsthand that like that's not what Google does <laughs> because it's always, you know, we all want to be first on Google. So it's not. Well, no, Google is really concerned with credibility. Right, exactly. And and not fake. They don't want to surface fake news. Right, right. So it's unfortunate that that's what the president likes, fake news. So, but, you know, so this is another issue that, you know, plays right into where where the show is at. Well, hey, you know, I'd like to just thank the president because without him, I wouldn't have this job. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I don't, we don't know if the show would be here if Hillary had won. Is that what the impetus was? Like, was the impetus for bringing back the show because of the political and the media yeah, environment? Yeah, so Candace and Diane talk about this a lot. Um, you know, they were offered to bring back the show in the 2012 election as well mm-hmm. and around Palin. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, they never quite felt that the... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Climate justified that. Um, and especially under Obama, you know, it was a whole different world. And, you know, once the 2016 election happened, I think everyone kind of was like, we need to do something. Uh, especially Candace and Diane, who, you know, have uh, a lot of opinions. And Murphy Brown, I think, is the perfect voice to bring back. Well, and it's kind of interesting that it's it's on CBS, which, of course, also has Stephen Colbert, who's been such an outspoken critic. But yet it's a relatively, I mean, it's a fairly conservative network. It's always been known to be like that network that you could totally trust, you know, having Dan Rather, mm-hmm for a long time as the most respected news anchor. So it has this history of CBS News being incredibly trustworthy. Yeah, yeah, you have 60 Minutes and That's you know, right. um, mm-hmm. a lot of the voices on the network are very trustworthy voices in the media. And now Murphy Brown is going to be one, one of them. them. Yeah. <laughs> now, you also have got Atypical. Yes. I don't know, like, you don't look really tired, so I'm really wondering how you've it's managed to I'm fit all this in. Oh. <laughs> it's for the photo shoot, yeah. Yeah, because you've also filmed a whole season of yeah. Atypical. Yes, yeah, so we just uh, we finished shooting season two a few months ago. Um, and it's coming out uh, just a little bit on September 7th. And uh, it picks up where we left off at the end of season one. Um, and uh, it's going to be really fun. Season one was all about Sam, our main character, kind of trying to figure out dating and sex. And this season is more about him trying to find independence in other areas of his life. So kind of get some space from his crazy family and figure out what he wants to do for college and what he wants to do with his life because he's about to finish high school. Right. And, and he's they, – they describe him as on the spectrum. Yes, yes. Which, he's on the autism spectrum. Um, he's high-functioning. And, uh, you know, this season we explore just different – aspects of that and you play his best friend right yeah i play zahid Zahid, who's his uh, weird quirky best friend who who just treats him like anybody else and you know uh, over the course second season they get even closer and have a lot of fun crazy adventures why do you think that they're a perfect match for each other because they're both weird but don't (laughs) care what anybody else thinks and they love each other for who they are and you know they're able to have fun but also be serious and um you know they're like brothers, and uh, it's 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 a really sweet friendship, and I feel like everyone deserves a friendship like that in their life. But the show is also going to be dealing with issues that are like real life issues that pe- that viewers need to be aware aware of. Um, aren't we, you 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 um, going to be talking about or are having episodes that deal with the issue of autistic young people? Uh, coming in contact with the police and how that can end badly at times. Yeah, so we, we talk about a lot of things. We're, you know, we're talking about what it's like to be on the spectrum and applying for college and mm-hmm. uh, you know going through high school because um, it's such a different experience for folks on the spectrum. And even for folks on the spectrum, it's there's such a diversity of experiences. Yes. So this season we get to meet a lot of other uh, characters who are on the spectrum um, and uh, who are also going through the same thing Sam are, but approaching it in very different ways. And yeah, we also have uh, a storyline that deals with the police and how, how law enforcement kind of interacts with people on the spectrum and you know issues of mental health and all of that. And uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's a family dramedy. It's about the characters. It's about the parents and the sister and Sam and his friends. And um, I think people are really going to like it. 
But um, but I think that's interesting because I just the issue of with police, because when you're um, I don't think anybody who doesn't have a family or a close friend who is autistic or on the spectrum understands that if you run into a police officer, that an autistic person may not respond the way that you're supposed to respond to a police officer and that that can end in trouble. Absolutely. And I think a lot of um, police officers, while well-intentioned, just may not have the right training or sensitivity to people on the spectrum. And that's a, a fairly common issue uh, in a lot of communities. Um, and so, you know, we, we tackle that. We try to. Yeah, pretty serious stuff. Yeah. Serious but we, stuff, well, but, but we, for family. With a light touch. Yeah, yeah right. you know, yeah. It's, it's not too heavy-handed or anything. We're, you know, just trying to tell a, fam- a story about a family. Now, you, you have done a lot of stand-up started in stand-up? No, I oh. started acting. I only started stand-up about three and a half years ago. So fairly new, actually. And are you still doing any of any stand-up? Yeah, I'm taking a break right now to focus on Murphy Brown. Uh, it's a lot. So I want to make sure I do that <laughs> yes. well. Um, but no, I, I still do stand-up occasionally. still writing. Uh, about to be on, on Colbert's show next month. Oh, really? Um, which is really exciting. And are, are you guests? Like, are you like a guest visiting? or what Doing stand-up on the show. Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so cool. I don't think we have a date yet, but sometime in, around the release of Murphy Brown. So when you do your Labor Day trip this weekend, are you going to be coming up with content for that? Are you going to be writing? Oh, they already, oh, yeah, already yeah, taped that. Yeah, they pre-tape it. Oh. I don't know if that's a secret, but yeah, they pre-tape their stand-up. Oh, okay. oh, okay. Make it seem like it's live. It's magic of television. That's magical. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. That's awesome. On stand-up, like who are who are your heroes and heroines? I'm not just saying this, but Stephen Colbert and John Stewart were the huh. two people that really like got me into comedy and and I watched their shows every night uh in high school mm-hmm. and their stand-up from back in the day was the big, you know, drivers and big inspirations for me. So being on Colbert's show is like a surreal, crazy moment. And what was it like meeting him? He is exactly who he seems like he's just very nice very funny uh i got a little nervous and starstruck which i normally don't do but it's stephen colbert so (laughs) Uh, it was it was a really great uh great interaction yeah no i've heard he's really nice he's really nice yeah he must be smart i think all comedians are so smart because you have you have to be Sure. That's right. Because, (laughs) yeah, you have to be really smart to have a sense of humor. You have to just be smart because, I mean, it it takes a sense of humor. And, I mean, maybe that's why our president has no sense of humor. Like, he seriously has no sense of humor, does he? Remember what the girls from Samantha Bee said? uh, We had some girls in from Samantha Bee a few weeks ago. Well, they're writers and correspondents on the show. But they said that conservatives have a better sense of humor, but liberals are funnier. Right? Or did I flip that? No, they said that conservatives, the conservatives that they met took a joke better Mm. than liberals. But that liberals, I think, make better better comedians. That sounds about right. Yeah. I think a lot of liberals can get a little uptight um, about comedy and like Like what we're allowed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone, you know, is a little sensitive about being offended and, you know, loves to laugh at people until you're the one being laughed at. (laughs) but I definitely think I agree that yeah, yeah. liberals are better at making jokes and writing comedy. Ever since they said that, I've been thinking about it more and it makes so much more sense, especially well, when was, you watch. Yeah, I was trying to think of who is a conservative comedian. Do you know one? Can you name one? Silence. <laughs> I, no, I, seriously. I really don't. I mean, there are some. Is it like I Tim Allen, conservative? One. Who? 
Tim Allen, but he doesn't do like stand up. He's just on like Last Man Standing. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah, I, I I've never. I mean, there heard are. One. I mean, I'm, they exist. They're out there. Somewhere, real people Somewhere. who are people who are people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you said okay. So Colbert and John Stewart inspired you, and is that because? You really liked political comedy? Well, I just loved how they took like really serious issues and talked about them in a way that was fun and lighthearted. Uh, you know, and for me, that's what I try to do in my stand-up is talk about heavier things like identity and racism mm-hmm. and homophobia, but not in a way that's preaching or obnoxious and it's just meant to make people laugh and kind of bond over the shared experiences, even if we have differences on the surface. And it's so funny. I mean, for everyone listening, you can go on YouTube and just search Nick Dodani and you'll see his um, stand-up. It's hysterical. I was Thank sitting you. in here watching it, laughing out loud. Just how you talked about your parents, too. Have they watched your Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. My mom's not a huge fan of the AIDS <laughs> joke, but... <laughs> Uh, of the witch joke? The AIDS joke. Okay. There's an AIDS oh, joke. yes, okay. yes, there is. Um, when you told her you were gay. When you yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, AIDS comedy is tough. Um, <laughs> tough crowd. Yeah. Uh, no, but they're super supportive. They're they're great. And, you know, they, they themselves have come a long way. They're not the characters that, I, that are in my stand-up. Those are very much fictionalized um and they're they're awesome and supportive and loving and all that good stuff i hope you're listening mom yeah and they don't (laughs) they don't mind they don't mind being the subject of your comedy my dad loves it my dad is like can you write more (laughs) jokes about me please (laughs) well that's always good because you make it out to be it sounds it's really funny i mean do you know where you got your sense of humor from from my parents I, i mean i definitely think my parents and my sister and um you know my mom is like a very sarcastic dry person and my dad is a very goofy silly guy at every family wedding he dresses up in some crazy costume for the kids (laughs) like a dinosaur or or like a shark and so i feel like i got the nice blend of both of those you know the dry cynicism from my mom (laughs) and the lighthearted goofiness from my dad um do you feel like the show the murphy brown even though it's it's going to be left I, I don't even want to say left le- leaning let's say fact-based leaning in terms of its news reporting that aspect of it um do you think that it's going to appeal to audiences all across america i think so yeah you know it's not it, uh, it's not a show for liberals by liberals for democrats by democrats it's a show for everybody and at the end of the day it's an office comedy about these characters who work together um and yes we tackle political things and yes there's a point of view but i do think um folks across the political spectrum are going to like it. Did you watch the the uh, Roseanne reboot at all? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I heard it was very funny. <laughs> yeah. And they're bringing it back without, without, without Roseanne. Without Roseanne, and, which is great. I'm glad that the whole cast and crew doesn't have to yeah, lose that out. Was sad. And I hear it was a really funny show and, and I'm glad it's coming back as the Connors. Well, I think it was I think it what worked about it is that it actually did make a conservative family, like yeah. a really conservative family, funny. Yeah. Oh, I guess we could say that that's was funny. Yeah. But that's like yeah. being funny. Well, it's but, just like the original, like the idea of um Archie Bunker, which I don't know if you ever saw. Because it's a little before, before your my time. time. Yeah, but I'm familiar. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, but the thing about that, and this is same thing worked in Roseanne, is that it was the contrast of the kind of grumpy arch conservative, but yet he had, in Archie Bunker, he had like these liberal, uh, a liberal daughter and son in law. And so it was that clash yeah. that they were able to make funny. I and Roseanne had her sister, you know, there was clashing there. I think it's cool that 
that family was on TV. And I know a lot of people, um, a lot of progressives and whatnot, didn't want that on television at all. And I'm like, well, that's a real, that's, that's real. That's very real. Um, those families exist. <laughs> and I think it's cool that we have a show about that. And I'm glad it's coming back. Well, so listen, maybe um, uh, maybe your show can also help bring our country together. At least make us laugh. That's exactly. right. Once we a week, that. Thursday nights, 930 on CBS. That's, <laughs> <laughs> and how important is it to laugh? I mean, oh, is it's, that- it's so needed. Otherwise, we're all just going to be sad and depressed all the time. I feel like we need to, we really need to laugh right now. It's really hard. Like when you wake up in the morning, what are you thinking about every day? You know, up until recently, the first thing I did was check Twitter and think about how the world was on fire. But I deleted my Twitter. Oh, really? And I, I suggest to everyone listening, delete your Twitter. It's the best thing you can ever do. My therapist suggested it, and I and I took her advice, and it was truly the best thing I ever did. Um, Therapists it's, it's, know best. Yeah, they do. Eh, usually, uh, but yeah, it, it was just such a toxic place. It is such a toxic place, especially since the election. And um, I, I would say my mornings are a lot happier since. And now you can think about all the work that you have to do on Murphy <laughs> Brown. Which everyone get ready to see on September 27th, 9.30 CBS and Atypical uh, coming out on Netflix um, September 7th. And then you can just like download it and binge watch it all. Nick, thank you so much thank for you. coming in. Thank you both. And like, we got to do this again. Like, yeah, absolutely. We'll check two. in. Yeah. Once, uh, once the season's out. Yes. For sure. We need your reactions. Yes. Okay, guys, everyone, tune in to those shows to see Nick Dodani. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Bye. Bye.